Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Happy Halloween. Thanks for joining us for this special episode with the the show fellas who have a special new moniker for the time being. We talk about our favorite scary movies and favorite scary moments in TV and film. Let's get right to it. Here's our Halloween pop talk. Welcome back to the show, groomsman of the show, <laughs> official now. We got best man of the show, also known as brother of the show, Trey. The foulest stenches in the air. <laughs> the funk of 40,000 years and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in <laughs> to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. <laughs> For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Uh, I'm laughing at how mad our other guest is. <laughs> the fact that you went with that. And also we have groomsman of the show, a.k.a. best friend of the show, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, Vincent Price. Someone worked on a whole bit, and so now he's still going to do it. The phallus stench is in the air. Looks like Jason's going to get buried. This is the copy you gave me? Really? This is the copy? I've been dead for like a while, and this is what I have to do? All right. The ghouls and... Ah, fuck you, Trey. God damn it. This is not I, fair you need to go first. I had my uh, screen minimized, so I couldn't see your reaction. Oh, so I you was mad. <laughs> well, I have to put just the video of Rob angry on the YouTube or something. Now, are you going to edit in the music cue and then Vincent Price laughing after I finish that piece? Just, but I, as I've done last year when I did Vincent Price, I don't do Vincent Price. I do... Bill haters. haters, Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Yeah. So that's speaking of I'm doing really good a, at Bill haters, Vincent Price. Speaking of doing an SNL cast members version of a character, did anyone see SNL last night? I've only seen mm-hmm. the opening and the monologue. No, and Mikey Day was playing Biden, but mm-hmm. he very much was doing James Austin Johnson's take on Biden. That's what I thought. Well, was too. Trump was Trump there too? Is that why? No, no, no. I, what I I was wondering why they made the change, and then I saw in an article. This is speculation. It, it was not anything that S- SNL announced, but the writer on TV line was suggesting that SNL is preparing for the dumpster fire of the 2024 election, where mm. it's going to be Biden oh. Trump, and so they needed somebody else to be Biden. If James Austin Johnson is still going to be Trump, yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember years ago when they did the split screen thing? Because yeah, obviously Dana, Dana Carvey, Dana Carvey, Carvey yeah. as Ross Perot and as Bush. that was that was yeah. yeah, not gonna do it. And they had yeah, David yeah, Spade yeah. do this, get in the makeup and be the stand-in, and then they didn't have him do Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh my, my gosh. 
my dad like loved Ross Perot. And when my grandfather was still alive, my dad could do a really good Ross Perot impression. And he called my grandfather and did the, and this is obviously before they had caller ID and said he was Ross Perot and tried and convinced my grandfather to vote for Ross Perot. And he didn't know it was my dad for like five minutes. Wow. So he doesn't really finish. Can I finish? Can I finish? That's funny. You want to know about value? (laughs) I increase the surplus by this much. I get 10%. It's not that big. I still remember. (laughs) Do you remember that one? Where he talks about like if he increases GDP, then he gets like an X amount of money for doing it. Like that was like his pitch as president. Like I get one percent if GDP goes up one percent, and it's like a billion dollars. Yeah, I don't remember those specifics. I remember General Stockdale more. Who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah, Alabama. <laughs> Today's episode is a Halloween episode since today is Halloween. and today's topics we're going to talk about our favorite scary movies and favorite scares or scary moments in tv shows or films so we we give that extra option there but first we're going to talk about a couple of things that happened in the news the last few days last week and one is that hasan minhaj released a 20-minute video responding to that New Yorker piece that pointed out his embellishing stories. In his 20-minute piece, he specifically responded to the prom story, the FBI informant story, and the anthrax scare story about anthrax getting on his daughter and then rushing her to the hospital. And I will say that having seen what he shared, because he he brought a lot of receipts. He had audio from the interview that he did with the writer from the New Yorker. Like he had the the audio of their sit down conversation. And he also had email exchanges that he had with the subject of the prompt story, which she, the fake name he gave her was Bethany. And I just felt like the show, because we really went in on him about these revelations coming out. And I felt like we should just say really quickly here that was watched, it was viewed, When it comes to the prom story, I do think the New Yorker got it wrong because he shared enough information that kind of shows he said a lot more than how they depicted him in that piece. When it comes to the FBI informant story or the anthrax story, I think he still went too far. He, I don't think, did a really good job defending himself there. He didn't have near near enough receipts. He still just made up the stuff that he made up. And he apologized for, I guess, leading people on, but he didn't really defend himself strongly there, I don't think. It was just with the prom story that I think he did a good enough job defending himself, not that he was entirely right there still. I still say it's not right for Daily Show because of that incident. And while he was slightly mistreated, two out of three, I feel like they were their, their reporting was still pretty accurate given his response to their story. So, or as Meatloaf would see, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> the song came across my mind. I was like, I, I won't, won't you. I won't the other thing that we are going to mention that happened is sad news that everyone knows. And we mentioned it in the newsletter that came out yesterday. Matthew Perry, who started the Perry House to help addicts, also star of friends has passed away he was found unresponsive in a hot tub by an assistant at his home just a sad situation he was only 54 years old of course he's had a a 
tough life with addiction. He he did a lot of work to help people with addiction. And I think that was the best work he did. He, of course, is known as Chandler Bing. He was fantastic in other projects. He was in some movies. He did a movie with Chris Farley. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a great book and a play about his struggles with addiction. And he had a dad who was in the business who he got to work with on Scrubs, an episode he directed. Great episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll say, and I said this on Twitter, I grew up watching him, you know, like when you think of 90s television, it's him. When you think of 90s stars that I grew up on, it's like Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Matthew Perry, and the cast of Friends, you know, like that. Yeah. So it's, he he is, as when I think of, of my time in high school, that show was such a fixture for me, uh, largely because of him. Because he was so funny on the show. I remember, like, the first thing I really remember him is a movie with Tony Danza. Do you remember that one? Uh, She's Out of Control. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah like, he he mm-hmm. was one of her bows and mm-hmm. um, he was a real sleazebag. But he could play, he was really good at playing, like, when he was younger, playing like a sleazy guy. Yeah. Like, you know, like a sleazy, like, snark, like, snarky, mm-hmm. but also just kind of like that late 80s, early 90s, yeah, like, sitcom. you know, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. really good at that. Which is why, like, I always felt like Chandler was kind of, kind of was different than how he was in some other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was. He 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 had some some good characters in him, besides mm-hmm. Chandler. But and then also yeah. like the whole Studio nine 16, yards. The whole nine yards. Whole nine yards is a is a funny movie. Yeah. He's really good in that one. Yeah. A lot of people remember him too for his guest appearance in Growing Pains because that was one yeah. of those mm-hmm. like really tough uh, stories that you know poignant mm-hmm. and. And unfortunately, in some ways, speaks to his actual life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as they say, art often imitates life, unfortunately. And so. Very sad. Sucks. I, I just think it sucks. And it's I feel bad for his dad because you shouldn't have to bury your bury child. Your and there are just a lot of stars who were very saddened by this. It's always hard to see people that you like talk about how how much pain they are in. You know, he was on the mm-hmm. he was on the Odd Couple remake, I guess they could call it, with Thomas mm-hmm. Lennon and Yvette Nicole Brown, and she was posting about how uh, much of a blow that was to their their family that they built there at, at the Odd Couple. And you know, I think an unsung hero of a show that he had was was Go On. That yeah. show had a really great cast. He was really great on it. Oftentimes, his speech about the Jimmy Vivano speech comes to mind mm-hmm. and makes mm-hmm. me go watch that speech and it's largely because of how he acted in that scene and i thought he was really really great in studio 60 on the sunset strip i know that show had its issues and it only lasted a season but he was fantastic in that show and he was I just... so good on he had such good chemistry with sarah paulson too yeah because yeah they were re- that was the first thing I and bradley whitford yeah oh him and bradley whitford were amazing together but like yeah mm-hmm. i could watch them be best friends for years but that was the first thing i ever saw sarah paulson in, and i thought she was their their chemistry together was amazing yeah mm-hmm. yeah yes. go on was one i my recollection at the time is it seemed to have good ratings from what i remember the reporting and i just didn't understand why they cut it and just yeah, some of the heartwarming moments like his relationship with with everybody hates chris <laughs> that that the way it'll always built. be that i'm sorry dude. <laughs> <laughs> but that i mean that was really poignant that that, yeah. that particular relationship on that show yeah excellent yeah. cast and they all played really well together and he mm-hmm. really held it down 
that show could have gone and, on and to have like a he's community got some, sort of response. But. And he has just like legendary television moments from Friends. I mean, yeah, nothing. I mean, like when, you know, he told Monica he loved her for the first time and she's got the turkey on his head, her head and stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. just some great. Yeah. I mean, just like her, him and like Monica, like in bed together, the first uh-huh. you know, when they sleep together, it's like so shocking. <laughs> and then obviously you can't say, you not think about, could I be more? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right, right. Like, <laughs> to own a fr- I mean, you know, like he's got that, you know, Steve Carell will always have that's what she said. You know, to have something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that eternal, it, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. yeah. As an artist. Huge like, impact. Huge impact. Yeah. Well, rest in peace. Yeah. And Godspeed, Matthew Perry. Mm. And we also were going to talk about scary movies. Let's just also, there was something when we talked about doing this episode, Rob said, can we also talk about the Marvels and if we think it's going to do well? Because I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I will say, I don't know that it's going to do great. I think it looks like a good movie, but I don't think they have promoted this movie very much. And I know some of that is because of the SAG strike, so the stars can't go promote it. But I don't know what's hold- keeping Disney from doing a full blitz. So, I mean, they and they spent almost $300 million making and distributing this movie. So I just think it's odd that they're not it, doing better well, with marketing. The first sign I thought it was weird and I was very confused was I have kids. We go to McDonald's because I'm lazy and we're getting Happy Meals. And this was like in June. It was like June, like late June, early July. And that's when they were doing the Marvel's toys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, is it coming? I Then I was like, maybe I got the... Maybe it's coming out in July. I just didn't realize it. And I'm like, it's like November. Why are they doing toys now for it? Yeah. That's just... probably the original date pre all oh, the was that what it was? because of COVID and all of that. Oh, okay. But that's that so weird. Guess. You think they would audible. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that was because usually you want that to match up with pretty close to the release date. So mm-hmm. that to me, if maybe maybe you're right, Trey, but if not, that's kind of a harbinger for maybe Disney was already reading the tea leaves and maybe this one isn't going to do well. I mean, maybe. to me, I feel like they have been promoting it because I see this, the TV spots all the time and I don't even watch that much live TV anymore. Mm-hmm. And I still see the spots a lot yeah. between that and watching stuff on YouTube. Yeah. It was just, um, I mean, obviously I only watch football on TV mostly. Yeah, and today was like the first... The, today was the first day that I saw ads for it. Last, mm. I don't remember seeing any last weekend or or on Monday night. I do. Maybe there was. I don't. I don't yeah. It maybe is hard to go by television, like like how often I've seen commercials because mm-hmm. I don't watch television as much as I do as I used to. Rather, live um, television. Live television. I watch yeah. SNL, and then anything mm-hmm. else I'm watching on a streaming service or on YouTube. Yeah. But on YouTube. I don't see the commercials, but that's largely because of the other stuff I watch. So I can miss it. Yeah. And also the algorithm might not be exactly. playing that for you. Yeah. Because that's the algorithm, what I mean. I mean. For me, for like the algorithm, it's like heavily guitar stuff. So it's like that's yeah. I mean, most of what Mine, I do. It's, it's Anderton's music, <laughs> YouTube, yeah. and mm-hmm. first things first. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, mostly that stuff. So yeah. a little bit of like Seth Meyers or, or like mm-hmm. other talk shows, but it's mm-hmm. largely just you know, just things that probably wouldn't get the algorithm to show me that. But Mm -hmm. where I, where I do think they haven't gone full blitz on it is that I'm not seeing like billboards and like buses drive by with wrapped with marbles, which I would have expected. What do you see in an LA? Cause that would be probably a better barometer for what they're feeling for it. That's a good question. I, 
to be honest, I'm not sure I'm seeing any movies or TV shows on billboards and mm. buses. So I don't think that's specific to the Marvels out here. But, you know, your point about the algorithm, I mean, for YouTube, I watch a lot of new rock stars and red letter media, red letter media and screen crush. So they're breaking down this kind of stuff anyway. So that's why Star Trek on YouTube. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I mean, I I watch I watch that, too. But for some reason, it's mostly. Yeah. The algorithm's a little different for Mm -hmm. me. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I just remember when Kevin can wait was coming on and they had his they had kevin james's face on every taxi you know what i mean and that was a few years ago and uh with the flash i saw a bunch of places wolf like no, that was me, someone flashing you that they were flashing, <laughs> they were flashing you me. that's different um, that peacock show wolf like me i keep seeing it in times square like every time i go through times square which is t- twice a week i see it and it's got josh gad and isla fisher and i'm like i never heard anyone talk about the first season and they're promoting a second season and I've i'm never seeing it on this literally big giant screen yeah i and just I'm heard of it this, this week for the first time yeah well it's on this when i first saw i knew they had done a show together and i was like is this the same show and then it's uh, i saw something about it that gave me the impression that it's the second season of the sh- same show so i'm like how am i not seeing anything about the market <laughs> but i keep seeing this yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm also not in a part of I'm in the valley and I'm not going to downtown. I'm not going into Hollywood. So I don't know what kind of posters are there. I'd imagine mm-hmm. that around Jimmy Kimmel's studios, you probably see the Marvels and stuff. Maybe, like yeah, that. Right. Yeah, that makes but, sense. You know, where I am, I'm just not seeing any kind of promotions for the most part. Yeah. Maybe I just, they... It's just odd that they are not. I just feel like I, I'd see it more. I would imagine maybe like Monday this maybe they did advertise on Monday Night Football and I didn't notice it. It was more prevalent to me today. Mm-hmm. I maybe they will tomorrow night because we're getting closer to release date, and so mm-hmm. obviously being on ESPN, mm-hmm. they'll probably be promoting it a lot more. Ree Larson has to go to a Kansas City game with Taylor Swift if they want anyone mm-hmm. to see this movie. All three of them, all three of them need to go. And then do like a choreographed dance. Would... <laughs> but then they didn't looking... go today because they just lost to the Broncos. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like Jason said, though, I do think this is this movie looks good. And I mean, I think it's just hard in general to gauge what's going to do well. Because like, I think we were all surprised by just how well Barbie did and, and how indie, the most recent indie didn't do better than it did. Yeah, and Oppenheimer did really well which i i I thought barbie and oppenheimer would do well but this frenzy happened around it Mm -hmm. that made it do better than maybe it would have if they were released at separate times Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's always going to be one of those like is would that have happened but i don't know right the one i mean obviously we know what i whiffed on which was avatar Mm -hmm. but i don't think this is going to be i'm wrong about i don't i I don't think i I don't think i'm going to be that off on this one i don't think you are no, I even I if it be... does decently well, I think it's going to be hard for them to make like the 500 million. They also the so amount of people that I saw in the last couple of days and trick or treating or you're like doing Halloween costumes as Barbie or Barbie related costumes is massive. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a couple other yeah. things working against the Marvels is even though the first movie did well. It wasn't that well received. I mean, people were okay with it, but yeah. you know, they had I their critiques like about the movie. Like and the then there's the Marvel like fatigue. A lot. Yeah. But then I there like, are the people who Brie were Larson. kind of also dissing like Brie, Brie Larson because of how she was in some of the Marvel promo. Press junkets. You know, or, yeah, press junkets. They, 
Yeah, there is like a misogyny that she deals with with the way people talk about her publicly because of her political beliefs, which is unfortunate. But you know, we live yeah, in a world gets, where a lot of people gets, are just shitty. She's a target for those white white right wing bros. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's why I feel bad, like saying, like I, I just I didn't like it. Go, yeah, I mean, that's I just the, didn't the, like it. I didn't like yeah. it. I thought she was obviously when she came in on on Avengers Endgame. Yeah, and the um, other movie, she's that, that awesome. awesome. Yeah, he's like, awesome she's in so it. So yeah. awesome in those movies, he's, yeah. especially mm-hmm. Endgame yeah. when she comes in. Like it's such an awesome scene. And I think she's a badass. I love her. And this is I the like thing. Her. I think I think what they need to capitalize on is that she kind of broke the internet twice. In regards to this movie specifically, when she was doing like a workout thing and she had posted photos of her working out for this movie, it broke the internet. And then when the early teaser for this came out and she's like wearing a tank top, people went nuts online in a good way, in a, in a like, oh my God, oh, Brie Larson, mm-hmm. in that sort of way. They need to embrace the, <laughs> the fact that she broke the internet a couple of times. Yeah. Not that I think they should, I, I don't know, I guess it would be weird for a, a studio to uh, make her a sexual object, but they need to embrace the people who love her for that, which was largely women, by the way. Yeah, I think in part because of the strike, though, it might be a little difficult how they do that. Yeah. Because they can't yeah. really utilize her and but... you can't really utilize her video as the studio. Because it's her personal video if she's yeah. on strike. So I don't know. I'm not sure how you navigate it's, that. It'll be you know? interesting. It'll be interesting to see. But I was just looking at the box office and like Five Night at Freddy's did about 80 million, which is pretty darn good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. mean, yeah. So like. Well, if they got still, kids hooked yeah. then, maybe that'll help. And oh, and yeah. I don't know, like Ms. Marvel, like that, that mm-hmm. was the show, right? Yeah, yeah, I that, thought it was a fun that show. That was great. Yeah, I don't know, great. like, yeah, she, and, but, but I just don't know, like, is that going to draw in, like, that younger crowd, maybe? Because, yeah, like, maybe. they like the show. Mm-hmm. Um, It's possible. And then Tiana and, Paris from, or Ferris mm-hmm. from um, WandaVision. So you kind of, you get to bring the three mm-hmm. maybe, together. Maybe, you know, I don't think that she was really the biggest takeaway from the show, but I, obviously. I agree. But, something. but, but it was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we all because we all wanted Reed Richards to be there, and she was. We kind of like tangentially thought that she was associated with Reed Richards. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting Wait, to see where she goes. You thought Reed Richards would be in one division, or which one are you talking? Yes, about? I did because she talked about how she had a friend who made her that device that pierced. The oh, heart. I got you. Yeah, and they thought yeah. maybe that the friend was Reed Richards was kind of the mm-hmm. theory out there. So mm-hmm. no, they just had him in a freaking Doctor Strange for a second, which was a waste. But anyway. Yeah, the Marvel, <laughs> we'll see what the MCU fatigue actually is. Because I think Ant-Man, yeah. Quantumania did okay numbers, but people were still kind of hard yeah. on it, I think. Because I thought it was a good movie, but people were talking bad about it. Mm-hmm. Particularly because he defeated Kang. Spoiler alert. And they're like, Ant-Man defeated him? So, well, I mean, it <laughs> makes sense in the movie, the way it happened. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever watch The Boys, that's, you know, Ant-Man's power would actually be a lot greater if they did it the way The Boys did it. So, uh, speaking of scary moments, uh, gory moments, let's, gory <laughs> moment. let's switch over to our Halloween spooky topic here. Yeah. And the evil, evil. <laughs> let's actually start by talking about our favorite scares or scary moments in TV and film. I'll start first with this one. I there there is a moment in oh gosh, not old boy, the other one that that director made, audition. Parasite? Oh, audition. Audition. Ooh. 
I remember <gasps> I watched that movie because Eli Roth in some interview said that he that movie was great. And he was like, it's so it's so messed up. After I saw it, I walked out of the theater and I threw up or something like that. Like he said, it made him vomit. So I was like, I got to see what the hell this movie is. I don't like gore, but I was like, if it made Eli Roth throw up, I got to see it. I think that movie is fantastic. And there were some moments in that where there's stuff was so gross that it was like, I'm, I'm, I might as well <laughs> throw up if I see it. That weird cutaway they were doing to that box in that room that was like flipping around. That oh, to yeah. me, I was like, that stood out to me in that movie. <laughs> they took the rough scene in misery and then like amped it up and made they they turned it to eleven, so to speak. And uh, that's actually how the in the book, that's really what happens in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Ho- I, I think the hobbling is actually worse, but I don't know. They're both pretty bad. <laughs> they're both pretty bad. Audition's a great movie. I love the build up in that. But yeah. as far as like moments, I'll say that one. I got a couple of more, but Rob, why don't you give a moment? And then I'll, yeah, I think I've got a couple. I mean, I've got about five, but or six actually. But um, <laughs> my first one, I know I'm just going to briefly mention this one just because I know I've mentioned it on a podcast before, but I talked about there's a moment in episode seven of on the haunting of Hill House. Hmm? There's a scare. I again, I, I have a two story house with a basement. Spo- Humble brag. And I live in the Midwest, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> Midwest rich is like not that rich. So no, but I, I was in my basement watching watching it and the scare happened and I screamed and my wife could hear me on the second floor. It was that loud of a scream. Mm. So it is it is a, a one of the most frightening things I've ever seen. And it's still to this day that it scares the crap out of me. And he has a new show out, The Fall of the House of Usher. I highly recommend. It's okay. not as scary as The Haunting of the Hill House, and it's not as good as Midnight Mass, because Midnight Mass is his best show, but I, I highly recommend it. So I've mentioned that one before, but another one I want to talk about, it was just kind of a quick cutaway. It's not the big scare at the end of the movie. It's this really great scene in The Ring, the orig- or not the original, mm. but the, the remake of it with okay, Naomi Not Watts. Ringu. Not Ringu, The Ring, ring mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is actually really good. I actually really like the American version. I like I, they're both great, and I, I think artistically it actually looks really good and uh, there's a scene where she's talking about her niece who's the first victim in the movie and it does a quick showing of her in the closet dead and it's so frightening it's like oh my god like and you see what she looks like after she's been ringed i I don't know what you call what happens to her but so (laughs) you got runged but they uh, rung her up but it's it's oh my gosh it's it's amber tamblin and it's like oh my god like it's pretty pretty terrible so no that's a that that was a solid scare (laughs) nice nice trey when I was first thinking about this, I actually had a difficult time coming up with the list <laughs> because we kind of talked about this before. I think because it's actually in large part because of the movie Halloween, you just mm-hmm. ended up, they created by accident this entire genre of type of movie. And so everybody does the same kind of jump scare now mm-hmm. and stuff that came out before it that even if they were pro, you know, profound at the time, don't feel as scary. So it just took me a little bit to think, but because of all of that that I just said, I tended to lean more classic and less recent, though I I couldn't remember what scene from The Ring I would have added to the list, but I do think that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But the classic, the first classic one, the shower scene and Psycho, just because, I mean, the psychological aspect of that, and you, you just don't, if you haven't been indoctrinated to this genre yet, you just don't see that coming and, and it's reasonably scary. 
And then, of course, the exorcist with the head spinning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's such a great image. You're talking about the shower scene. Yeah. The shower, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the knife up and it's in yeah. silhouette. I mean, it's like the yeah. lights right behind him. So you can't. It's a, it's a, it is an iconic, amazing, and iconic People scene. Not out. in horror movies, but yeah. films in general. It's such mm-hmm. a such it an pushed, amazing. It pushed moment. it pushed the envelope hardcore mm-hmm. in, and and you watch it now. It's kind of tame in comparison to what right. I've seen in movies. But yet, it's so well done and so yeah. well edited that the the visceralness of the attack is yeah. It's, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You still the music. feel it. Yeah, yeah. The music, the cuts, the the. They didn't use blood. They used because it was black and white. They used like chocolate sauce. I think mm-hmm. it looked like blood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just such an amazing movie. And I started laughing movie. because I watched Best of the Worst yesterday from Red Letter Media. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And okay. it was their Halloween edition. And and just to to your point about the shower scene being so tame now, there is a scene. I forget the name of the bad movie, but it was one. I, I think it was something about the Demon Knight or something mm-hmm. like that. And basically, it was this Sasquatch who was going around killing people. And there was this scene where this one biker got off of his bike, went into the woods to relieve himself. Mm-hmm. And the Sasquatch just ripped his dick off and grabbed him like that. And it's like, you know, if that's from a bad movie, if you're seeing stuff like that now, you probably just don't find the shower scene in Psycho scary yeah. anymore. <laughs> but it, but it's a thing. I mean, imagine in re- your real life, if you're just taking a shower and all of a sudden the curtain opens up and you see this person with a knife up. Right. That image <laughs> yeah. is scary. That's, that's still to me. Yeah. 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 So another scary moment for me, for me personally. I love it anytime it's in Haunting of Hill House, it's in Hereditary, it's in a ton of horror movies where like <laughs> there's like a fixed shot mm-hmm. and there's darkness in the back and there's the the main focus of the scene. And then just all of a sudden you slightly see something kind of move in the back. It's not a jump scare. It's like this slow burn. And Flanagan loves to do that. That's why one thing I yeah. love about Mike Flanagan is he loves to have like there's something in the background you don't realize it's there. In his new show, there's like a ghost behind this guy, and this guy the other when talking to him was like, "Yeah, no, my, no, my mother's right behind you," and she's been there the entire time. And you go back and watch it, you realize, "Oh my God, she was there." Yeah, like and it's and just like, like Haunting like, of yeah, Hill House yeah. had so many things like that. That and was that is probably so my favorite thing about horror movies. Like to me, I like. What I like about horror movies, I hate slashers. I don't, I don't. I should say I hate them, but I don't like slashers because I think they're mm-hmm. too gory, and I don't like jump scares because I don't think they're interesting. I think they're easy. But when you can trick people and do something that's creepy, that I appreciate, and I, yeah, I love that in those movies. And like, I think The Ring does a good job of drawing stuff out too. So that's why I, I like when she's crawling out of the television the way they mm-hmm. hold on to it like creepy stuff like that is what i go for the way his face to... distorts at the end like the way yeah. the hammer yeah like the the, the ringing face yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i i that's i want to see the creepiness <laughs> when i see yeah. a horror movie and i want to see i want but slow burns and... i don't i don't mind jump scare you know i, I just don't I, I don't mind them and like i i get what you're saying like i don't like paranormal activity like i've never liked any of those ones like I, i've tried them and it's just not one i don't like found footage for the most part 
Yeah, it's um, hard to do them well. Yeah, I just, I, it's really, it's, I really am not a big fan of, because I'm like, who the fuck is still filming? But like, yeah, why you are you know, running except, around? Except for like, except for Blair Witch Project, that was like, but that was so different. That was different. It, they were trying to document that, but it doesn't that, make sense. Yeah. Like, I mean, what's that movie um, where it's like Cloverfield? Cloverfield. Like I was like, is, why are you still holding the camera? Why? Really? How would T.J. Miller still be perfectly holding the camera? Like right, it's a like good I, idea, but it's just yeah. Like it's like thirty minutes in a movie it doesn't make any sense, and I no, I have a problem with found footage movies. Too. Yeah, and so yeah, but I but I don't mind when an, when a jump scare is like earned and like the, yeah. it, it just it, it just depends. Depends. Um, I feel like Halloween earns them, and it because it wasn't yeah, yeah Halloween absolutely and, earns yeah. them. It didn't really does. exist before Halloween, or as not, as not, often not, not that, as frequent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What I will that say was... about I can't remember the name of the movie, but there's a movie that I watched many years ago now, a horror movie. Terms of where, Endearment. <laughs> that I thought they found the perfect way. They fixed the problem that I had with found footage movies where it was a film crew. They were going to film this this empty prison, old prison, and they were they set up the cameras and is that the one with David to cover not to keep David. I don't remember. I, I I probably wouldn't remember. I've seen so many horror movies now that it's like hard to. I, I have some of the images, but I, but like my point was, they had this moment where, like throughout the movie, where I'm like, great, they fixed it. The cameras are on tripods, or or they're you know placed mm-hmm. somewhere to catch different things. Oh, you're talking about problem. Halloween Resurrection? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> but they they had the cameras out and about placed so it's like okay a person doesn't have to hold it and then they totally abandoned that two-thirds of the way in the movie and had a cameraman walking around with it and was like you wouldn't be doing this david caruso is it what david caruso in it no no i don't think anything famous like that is in it okay but i just i you know and there's also one uh aaron paul oh oh no you're talking about the last the last exorcist the last that one is good i liked that one he is so good in that movie I don't fully buy that the cameraman would still be holding it. Yeah, but, but I like what happens to I the cameraman. Did, yeah, I did enjoy that movie, and I thought he was really great in it. He was really he has a really great ending. I think we've yeah. talked about that before, but it's a really so, yeah. good ending. Speaking yeah. of good, speaking of good endings, I'm gonna do two, a two punch of two endings. I'm not a huge fan of the series, but I do think this was one of the scariest moments I've ever seen at the end of Insidious. Mm-hmm. Um, you look over at a character, and there's a demon behind them, and it's like, oh my god. And it's it's very good. I like I like the ending of Insidious, and then one of my favorite all time movie endings, and it's one of the most scary moments I've ever seen in a movie, is 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ooh. It's a meme. <laughs> if you go out there, look up Donald Sutherland. It's a great film. It's it's, well, he it's points a, and opens. Point, his yeah, yeah. It's it's such a good ending. It's so good. It's such a good fake out. And yeah, it's got. I think it's is it Vanessa Vanessa Cartwright. Is that her name? She was also an alien. She was the other female in Alien, <laughs> and she's the one like when the when the when the aliens come, it's like, oh god, oh god, because <laughs> she gets because they squirted her with blood. And she they didn't she didn't know they were going to squirt her with blood because none of them knew the alien was coming out of them like that. But yeah, it's a it's a really great ending and a really great final scare and like a movie that could end on like one final scare. It's just so good because it's just like gets you and you're like God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trey, yeah. Well, a couple more for me, just going back to how Halloween earned its jump scares. It has so many jump scares, but all of them earned. You could point to any one of them, but I guess the one I want, I key in on a lot more because it's more iconic to me 
is Michael Myers popping out and killing Bob, like lifting him up <laughs> and, and, and sticking him yeah. and, and leaving him stuck there. And then he just tilts, tilts his, his head. head and <laughs> iconic looks. thing. Another iconic. That's yeah. A good, that's a good part. But if you're talking about a, an ending, then Halloween, when Dr. Loomis looks down and sees that Michael's not there anymore. And then Laurie just starts crying. And the music uh, starts playing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. They weren't even planning to have a sequel. That was just to be a, a scary ending. Yeah, because yeah, uh, to him, the Michael Myers is just represents evil. So, mm -hmm. you know, the idea is like evil still out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another one, which I'm a little bit surprised that Rob didn't mention, but it's not the end of the movie, is the library scene in Ghostbusters. That's actually <laughs> like, even though it's a comedy and, and it is actually, also funny, that, that, that is also scary. That's the way one that of happens. the number one reasons why I won't let, besides the blowjob scene, is <laughs> I don't think you'll get what's happening there. But I it was that. I, I, you know, like that part scared the crap out of me as a kid. And so I'm like, I know he can't get through that part. And then also when the hellhound, when it's when it's going after Rick Moranis, mm -hmm. that part scared the crap out of me as a kid too. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, that's a yeah. Followed by everybody in Tavern on the Green just going back to eating. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Moranis. He's, Rick Moranis. God bless. He's got a <laughs> he's got a dry cleaning for. <laughs> Watch that oh, damn movie. He's so, it's so good. good. I got to see it again. I got to see Halloween yeah. again too. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to mention my last one scary moments and I, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't get scared when I watch scary movies. I just enjoy them. And I'm oftentimes laughing mm -hmm. <laughs> I, and like, I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. It's like funny yeah. to me when they nail a creepy moment, you know, like yeah. I'm not laughing at the murder part. I, I never laugh at those parts, but I, but when people, a jump scare that makes a theater jump or Justina jump. I laugh partly because I <laughs> yeah. think the moment is funny kind of mm -hmm. in the movie, like, ah, they did the thing. But I'm also, I'd laugh again because everyone screamed. When it happened. Yeah. I just get mm -hmm. a kick out of that. Jump scares don't scare me. Uh, the creepiness, I just, I'm just like, that's just cool. Midsommar, there's a moment Midsommar that made me jump. And it's a moment where I just wasn't expecting the person who died to to die. <laughs> like it was, it was just kind of a normal scene. They were checking stuff out, and then there's like a off screen, uh, something just comes in and chops body. Yeah, and I was like, whoa! And Justina was shocked that uh, that I was like, they got me. I got to give it to them. They got me. <laughs> they got. I I dig that movie a lot, but I know one jump scare that got you though. What? In the dorm, my the dorm, my dorm oh my at gosh. science and math. <laughs> <laughs> when I popped out as Michael Myers, you you tried to hide under the stairs, and I started yeah, Trey recreating a, the Trey was wearing a Michael Myers costume, uh, and I was visiting him at at his school. It was mm -hmm. like a college campus, so he was on on campus, and uh, I, we were just basically playing hide and go seek because there's like no one there, and I was just I tried to hide, and Trey found me. But he had to like bend down and then like hunch over and come after me. And I was like, this is pretty fucking scary. And and the <laughs> other thing I did was I purposefully made the same kind of grunting sounds that Michael Myers did when he broke into the closet when Lori was hiding there so that it, it recreated that. And so it was like this. Uh, uh, that breathing kind of in the out. mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, hey, it was pretty scary. <laughs> it actually was like uh, being in the movie. 
Does anyone else have another scare? Yeah, I've got a, I got two more. One of my favorite oeuvre films is the Final Destination series. I'm quite obsessed with it. I love Rube Goldberg type of devices. So mm-hmm. in that movie mm-hmm. is one giant one of those. So I, mm-hmm. I love Final Destination. And the first one had just an amazing scare, an amazing, holy shit. And it's um, Stan. Stan was in it. It's Stan is in it. it. You know, every girl's it, girls in my age, they love Devin Sawall because of Casper and now and then. So he was like their huge crush. So, but in the first one, there's a scene where they're, he's arguing with uh, the guy who played Jack from um, Dawson's Creek. I can never think of his name. Um, he was uh, Kurt Smith. Yeah, Kurt Smith. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, he's arguing with him, and Christmas girlfriend gets mad at both of them, and she's like, "Why don't you you two just drop dead?" Steps out in the street and gets hit by a bus. Oh, it is so brutal. It's like so you do not see it coming, and it was like, oh my god. And yeah, it's it's really good. And that's well, that's my favorite. I love a lot of the Final Destination devices. That's my favorite one, though. That's the one that's just like, holy crap, you didn't see that coming. That is a jump scare earned. <laughs> oh, wow. nice. Yeah, well that's a really. And then my last one, it's a little off the wall film. It's not off the wall. It's just you know, it's uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. It, it David Lynch is a walking horror show in general, but I True. I. I go back and forth of whether I like David Lynch movies or not. Um, <laughs> but I remember I had friends in high school. We would do like movie nights on Friday night. And usually like one, you know, like this guy, he would kind of curate and we'd do like, you know, Soderbergh night or, you know, that kind of thing. And so we did a, we did a David Lynch. We did a double feature of Firewalk with me and uh, Lost Highway. Real fun night. Um, <laughs> but Firewalk with me, there's a scene where Laura Palma goes home and she goes into her house and she sees, she goes to a bedroom and she sees Bob, who's like the antagonist. And he just starts screaming at her. And it was so frightening. And it was like the scary. I, I couldn't sleep that night. It scared the shit out of me. So not a traditional, not a scary movie by any stretch of the imagination. But it was one of the scariest moments I've ever seen in, in film. Wow. He has another one in what's the, the the one with Naomi Watts. I like Naomi Watts movies, by the way, I guess. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene where a guy walks around the building and sees this homeless person and has a heart attack and dies. It's, it's really scary, too. Oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah. I'm yeah, surprised loves- you haven't mentioned Thanks for the Ride, lady. <laughs> oh, shit. I fucking love Creep Show, too. One of our favorite deep you. cuts. Uh, like, uh, Thanks for the Ride, lady. Yeah. My, parent, my parents, my parents are just the best. They let me watch that movie. They love that movie. And they would say that all the time. Thanks for the ride. Were we watching that with our mom or were we just watching it on our own? I could have been either, honestly. She let us watch that stuff too, and she was into it. I mean, I like she loves mm-hmm. horror movies, even bad mm-hmm. horror movies. Mulholland She's Drive. the reason I got into Halloween. She and then my friend Brian Martin was the other half of getting me super into it. Mm-hmm. There's something about Halloween that feels like fall to me. Yeah, let's continue about the scary moments. Trey, you got any more? Well, just because you threw it back to me, and we talked about thanks for the ride, lady. I'll throw another. Th- this I'm. I'm not being serious, of course, but the the boxer who's punching Jason Voorhees <laughs> almost Manhattan. punches, yeah, punches him all the way to the edge of the roof, shot. and then says, "All right, you try." And then Jason uppercuts his head off. <laughs> <laughs> That's absurd. That's an absurd scene. Yeah, Jason you know, it's honestly, Manhattan. it's Jason all of those. Jason. Like the, it's funny from a pop culture sense and i mm-hmm. i find with the that series of films friday the 13th films in a pop culture sense because of stuff like that but i don't really like those sequels at all 
I'm like, not sure which I of like those I like. Part six. I like parts of part seven. Mm-hmm. And part four is okay. That's yeah. the one with Corey Feldman. Yeah. I hate part I hate part five. And then three D is pretty terrible. But you know, part four has Crispin Glover in it. So <laughs> Hey Tad, where's the Where's this corkscrew? Cork <laughs> <laughs> uh, Red Letter Media has actually done two different breakdowns of the the Friday the Thirteenth series. Once I, that I saw was, the first one, yeah, yeah with, like, with Josh, Josh like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Josh and Jay. And so mm-hmm. recently, they just did one with Jay and Mike because Mike, Mike, I guess, hadn't those? really watched them. Just for this, just okay. just to yeah. do the breakdown. That one's a little bit funnier because of Mike's incredulous <laughs> for it. I haven't seen the part two of their talking through the series, but they, you know, those. this is the version where they basically talk about how. It's literally the same plot every single movie. It is. It's literally the same <laughs> plot every movie. And so that yeah. you 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 hit on Rob, I think the same ones they would call the good ones. Yeah. Uh, and and part yeah. two, maybe. I think part two is the other one where it was like the one. Yeah, part two was interesting. That was the first one with Jason. Yeah. 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 And that fun, yeah, that final girl was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's the one that like fakes being Pamela Voorhees. Right. Yeah, to trick him. And so that's pretty and then and Corey Feldman pretends to be a young Jason to trick right. him. So that has, was, oh my God, oh, that, that, that one's good. <laughs> the idea of the movies are scary because I remember, yeah. Jason, we were at, it's we were in the slasher element that makes me not appreciate them so much. Yeah, because when I was a kid, we were in Greensboro like, at Carolyn and Vons and, and Janice was telling me the story of part one because it had just come out, I guess. And I was probably just way too young to have, I shouldn't have been hearing any of what happened in the movie. That's the way the she, t- yeah. The way she told the story was scary as hell because she even like lingered on the fact that when Jason at the end jumps out in a boat when the girl's in the boat and she asked the people at the hospital, What about the boy? and they're like, What boy? and then the so like that, her description of it made the movie sound scary. And I like, I don't think I fell asleep that night. And I don't know, I don't remember when the first time I saw the movie was, but like, I remember thinking it was good to the point where, Jason, you may not remember this. At one point you were talking about how bad the first movie was. And I was like, how can you say that? There's a psychological aspect to it because of the mother grieving her son's death and blah, blah, blah. When's the last time you saw it? And then that that literally was the weekend, I think, in Spartanburg that we watched it we with our mom. It. Yeah. And I fell asleep on the damn thing because yeah. it was so boring. It was it's so long, so boring slow and for boring. so long. It's such a great idea. A lo- and they did it in a really boring way. And mm-hmm. they didn't build the tension. They didn't have the way the, good the, horror movies built. No, it. they what they wanted to do obviously was like show more sex and, and show way more violence than mm-hmm. than and Halloween. Halloween did, yeah. Because yeah, but it's still, yeah, it's very slow. It's very, like, it's very slow. There's, there's a lot something... of, like, Mark, are yeah. you here? Mark, Mark, hello. Yeah, that's you know, the sort of stuff of that. that drove me yeah. crazy about that movie where I was like, you're not, like, they're, they're better movies that accomplish mm-hmm. uh, what they're going for. That's why I'm they, not super into it. I, I can yeah. appreciate parts of the franchise, but uh, it's yeah. a lot that I But don't... it is hilarious when he gets his, he, not only does his head get knocked off, <laughs> It so funny lands into a garbage truck, a mm-hmm. garbage thing, and then it falls and it closes too. Yeah. 
It's it's brilliant filmmaking. It is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, filmmaking. like for for laughs, I appreciate it. But they do actually, and there's a pretty good scene where a girls high on coke and like she's all like spaced out and stuff. It's kind of cool. They do a couple cool things with that movie, but it's so stupid. It's all about how, the how the kills. Yeah. It's I mean yeah. that's that's because apparently about. there's a there's a river that goes from Camp Crystal Lake all the way to Manhattan. Oh wait, and Manhattan it makes so no ridiculous. sense. Yeah. All right, well, let's yeah. move on to the final topic of the show, which is our favorite scary movies. And just to pure point scary. Out, now, the way you're scary. Yeah, I was about to say scary. this is we're this not, is not horror comedy. Not horror this comedy is scary. It, it's you know this is not the time to be like Shaun of the Dead, Tucker and Dale, what we do in the shadows. Like no, Scream. Pure. I'm not. Scary and I'm not counting Scream movies. either. I'm not as much. You guys know how much I love Scream. If you've listened yeah, to these horror yeah, movies, I'm not I, counting Scream. I'm. Yeah. I am behind. Yeah. You. Let's go through our honorable mentions one at a time. Rob, why don't you start? Mine is really on point if you knew me as a child. It's part one of ABC's version of Stephen King's It. That might seem like I'm being glib. I'm not being glib. It scared the shit out of me as a child. (laughs) Tim Curry was unbelievable. That movie was too scary to be on television for, you know, like letting a child watch it. And it it was extremely frightening. He's so good in it, so dynamic. And it it, it really, it scared me enough that we were talking about Stephen King a minute ago with our friend. And I've never finished it. I can't get through it. I get too scared. I have too many nightmares. And because of the Stephen King's it, the reason I say part one is because part two is pretty terrible. So it's it's really bad. And it's not- Even to this day, you haven't finished? The book. No, I can't finish the book. I can't. I tried. I tried like when Megan and I first started dating, that's when she was like, you know, you can go to the library and check out books. And so, because I had not been, I've just been buying books. And so I wasn't reading a lot before her. and, And so I was like, oh yeah. And so I started going to the library. Again, I went to the library I, all the time. I did not. I did not. <laughs> so, and so basically it was either Clay gave me a book, you gave me a book, or I would go buy it. But, but yeah, the, but I can't get through it. I can't finish that book. It scares wow. the shit out of me. It's, it's, it's a non-starter. I, I've made it probably like maybe a third way through. And I just, I'm like, nope, to me, Megan was like, I think I woke up like kicking and Megan was like, nope, no more. You can't read it. It's scaring you too much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been kicking and swinging every once in a while from scary dreams that I'm having mm-hmm. the last few months to the point where I, when I go to sleep now, I t- I have a little pep talk with myself where I go, you're at home, you're in your bed, you're with yeah. Justina, it's okay. <laughs> Just so like my subconscious doesn't, when, when somebody's chasing me, it doesn't make my body actually swing. <laughs> it's been rough for Justina and I feel bad. Trey, you got any honorable mentions? Yeah, a couple of these, I wasn't sure whether or not they should qualify strictly as horror because they're really multi-genre sort of thing. So they end up as honorable mentions because I still think they're great, like Get Out. Oh, that's fair. And I didn't Alien. count it because, mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, I almost didn't count Get Out, but also Alien. The Ring, because just because we've talked about it a little bit, I do remember finding it scary. I, I, similar to Jason, I no longer get scared at scary movies. I enjoy them, but I don't think I've been scared by them in a long time. But The Ring, I recognize the scariness of it and like Carrie as well. It took me a long while to not be scared by scary movies, though, because I remember being like older than I should have been <laughs> and still afraid of like Freddy Krueger coming after me or, or Jason <laughs> Voorhees or Michael Myers. And I just mm-hmm. pictured them outside waiting for me to fall asleep to come in and get me. And so mm-hmm. I'd leave the light on. And I I was 
probably in ninth grade or something like that. Like I should not have been scared, but did you hear all of that? No, no, it's a ghost. Okay. This somebody, one of my neighbors crashed a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know. No, why. we didn't hear it. I thought Jason, it was something scary for Trey, a second. Trey, you don't have, you haven't had neighbors for three months. <laughs> <There's a goo. laughs> Calls coming from inside the house. <laughs> but anyway, ninth grade shouldn't still be scared by Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger, but That's like fair. with the lights That's on. And scary. I finally just said to myself, if they're going to get me, they're going to get me. I got to go to sleep. Oh, that's funny. And I finally yeah, got are over. two different people. I'm the kind of person that when I turn off the lights and I'm going up the stairs, I run up the stairs. So <laughs> yeah. I, I leave the light on to go up the stairs. So, yeah, you know, it's not the movies that scare me now. Now it's literally like the last time I was at my mom. She loves that show, The Closer. So she'll just watch a bunch and I'll just be in there watching The Closer with her. And it's all like, it's like there's some sad episodes where it's like someone's family was murdered. And then mm-hmm. uh, you turn on the news and there's, some awful thing that's going on in the world um like right now and i was going to bed right after that and i was like turn a light on in the main room just in case some the purge type people don't come in here (laughs) that's what scares me now is real life stuff and then also true crime or the closer with (laughs) the delightful karen sedgwick yeah who is not from the south not from the south she's from georgia (laughs) No, she's from New York. She has some roots in Georgia. You know who's I also delightful? Up, I looked it up the other day. Their kid. Hmm. Their kid is delightful. Oh, she yeah. she was really good so in Smile. Yeah, she's great in Smile. I didn't even recognize you know, she that was, with her. She was really good in uh, Mayor of Easttown, too. Yeah, I, I, I only saw part of that. But she actually got her TV acting start on The Closer. She played Kira Sedgwick's niece. Oh, huh. I didn't notice That's that. Funny. Yeah. One of my best friends was in a movie with uh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> hey everybody uh watch death sentence Death mm-hmm. sentence that's the first it's a, few minutes it's a wonderful film. so are officially are you zero degrees separated or one degree how is that yeah. counted when you're in a he movie i think it's Bacon. one degree well okay. I, I, my character did not speak to Kevin. no to you Kevin physically I, spoke yeah i myself <laughs> spoke to him on the set and yeah was, and you said you mm-hmm. know what quicksilver is pretty good <laughs> so it was pretty good. I told him he was the bomb in Phantoms, and he didn't. He was like, like I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> you're white. You're Affleck. So. <laughs> but Jason, you made me think of a dream. You talk about scary dreams based on real life. About I don't know a year ago or something like that. I had a dream where I just kind of woke up and was married to this woman I had dated like a year before that, and I didn't want to be married to her. <laughs> like I, we weren't dating anymore for a reason. <laughs> and i just woke up married to her and i was like how did this happen how what did, did she do here? to me to make me somehow it's not my beautiful house <laughs> that's like literally what i was just thinking what's that from that's uh the talking head song yeah oh yeah oh, oh, oh. go by yeah <laughs> uh Same as it ever was famous great song was. uh what a killer band really yeah the psycho killer Honorable mentions for me. <laughs> My honorable mentions. I mentioned this one because it's the one movie as an adult that scared me. Midsommar. I liked it. Florence Pugh, pretty great. Or I've heard different pronunciations of her last name. But she is, I think, the young, great actor of her generation. Her um, last name's not pronounced Pug. <laughs> Pug H. <laughs> it's Pug H, y'all. She's fantastic in that. 
Yeah, also a great director. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I like the original. And I, I didn't hate the remake. Um, the remake had a really good scare at the end. And I took a, 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 a young woman to see that in the theater. And I jumped really badly at the end of that movie. <laughs> and let's just say that we only went on one other date. But I pretty much <laughs> did not seal the deal because of that. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'd have to see the remake again. I want to see the original again. Because the, the original is one where I was like, for the first half or whatever, you're like, what's going on? Yeah, I think they build up to it better than Friday the Thirteenth does. I think this this does what Friday the Thirteenth was trying to do, but does it well. And I know the actors are kind of weak and everything, but when that movie goes off, it goes off and it gets really. Oh, cool. that ending shot where she's in the back of the truck screaming is amazing. Great, Pardon and it has some great cinematography. Gein, yeah, official yeah. Ed Gein trilogy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's the, the first one, the original and the remake have the same cinematographer. He did great work. And the other movie I mentioned earlier, another, other honorable mention for me is Audition. I just mm. think that's a, I just really love the build up there because the first half of that movie feels like a romantic comedy. <laughs> it does. It's, it's so such a it. good movie. It really, really good... brings you in. Yeah. You really lean in. And yeah, get invested, it, and then it takes this bizarre turn. And bizarre. Fantastic. I think it's a great, great movie. Rob, let's go back to you for your top five. Just rattle them all off. Okay. Well, all right. Well, my first one, I've got two recent ones and then three I consider classics. But my first one, I may have mentioned it before, but it follows. It just... That is a great one. It's so good. Everything is earned in that movie. It's such... It's so brilliant, and it has... it. So... All of these movies have one of my favorite scares ever. And I just did, but I, so like all of these have a top scare. To me, it's, there's a scene where the entity comes to the door and it's this gigantic person because the, the, it can look like anyone and they just move slowly, but they're coming for you. And it is just so frightening because she's the only one who can see it. And it's so big. It's, it's a really great, but that movie is fantastic. It's very, it's beautifully shot, well acted. I just, I can't recommend that movie enough. It is by far one of my favorite scary movies. Yeah, and, and, one of the great yeah. the last 25 years, yeah. And, uh, and my second one is actually Midsommar. <laughs> I yeah. love Midsommar <laughs> so good. So much. We were we were playing songs from from scary you know from scary movies my sisters and I were sending in videos or the Spotify clips and I sent The Sun Again to Shine anymore and they were like what's this from and I'm like yeah, Midsommar. <laughs> it's just so funny of a song when you see the movie. But no, Midsommar to me was truly existentially frightening. Um, and it, it still messes with me today. Um, yeah. There's so many scenes. The opening thing that happens in the movie, the catalyst really for the film, yeah, is so horrifying. Yeah, and he Ari Aster is so good. Yeah, um, I really loved Heredity, but I Midsommar to me is just it's unbelievable. But Florence Pugh, like the look on her face at the end of that movie, is one of like the the yeah. scariest things. It's just it's so frightening. It's such an amazing performance. And she's so good in it. Everybody's good in it. Yeah. My next one came out in 1982 and unfortunately was not the movie that year that everybody liked that was about an alien. <laughs> <laughs> it's by the great John Carpenter. It's not, technically this is not my favorite John Carpenter film. What do you think my favorite John Carpenter film is? Mac and Me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can't do Mac and Me, you son of a bitch. Uh, Are you going to from... show a clip? <laughs> you know, I'm going to Paul Rudd you here. Yeah. I know, you're going to Paul Rudd me, you dick. <laughs> uh, is Escape from New York your favorite John Carpenter? Mm -hmm. Big Trouble mm -hmm. Little China. 
Oh, Big Trouble Little China. Course. I love Big Trouble Little China. Of course, yeah. Because I, well, I, you know, but Kurt Russell is is amazing. And mm-hmm. and the thing mm-hmm. is, I remember my dad like wanting to watch it, and he did not preface me at all. And <laughs> when there's the the fibrillation scene, it's it, that is one of the scariest moments I've ever seen in a movie. There's multiple when they're doing the blood testing. It's so scary. The dog scene is just, and it's so it's it's such a brilliant movie because everything is practical effects. And it's so like, you know, you're, you're in Antarctica. It's so cold. It's miserable. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's just great, great acting. And, and, and yeah. And Kurt Russell's just the man. And I, I mean, so I, yeah, that's always been one of my favorites. And I think it's truly frightening from an existential standpoint and from a jump scares and that that's movie. I mean, think about the blood testing that earns that jump square scare. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you think he thinks that's not going to be the alien, and he puts it in there, and it jumps up, you know. It's, <laughs> and then, and then, of course, the guy's chest opening up and eating the guy's hands. It's just, it's so frightening. And then, I'm not going to say my last one because I know you guys are going to mention it. So I'll let you guys talk about it. But it, it's another John Carpenter film. Shocker! I'll let you guys talk about that one. My last <laughs> one though will be, and this is going to be a cheat and whatever. I'm going to pick Dawn of the Dead, both of them. I don't <laughs> think that's a cheat, but I I yeah. remember seeing. I can't choose because there's aspects of the first one I loved, obviously like Tom Savini's work and a lot of stuff. And I mean, I love that movie. I remember getting to watch that in eighth grade because my friend's dad got it on VHS and it was the unrated version. It's just amazing stuff in it. And it really got me scared of zombies, but I really liked Zack Snyder's version. I really like it. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's got really, I mean, you got, you know, Sarah Polly in it. You've got Ving mm-hmm. Rhames type. That's I'd never seen Ty Burrell before. Who Ty Burrell is my favorite, that, yeah. my favorite television dad of all time. Oh, really? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Dumphy is my favorite television dad. Um, he's the dad I most want to be like. Oh. Yeah. But I, I really like both versions. There's great stuff in both of them. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's fast James versus slow. Gunn I get it. The, James yeah. Gunn wrote the, yeah. And there's mm-hmm. like, the I love the first 10 minutes of the new version. It, it's one of the best first 10 minutes of mm-hmm. any scary movie I've ever seen. And then, it's one of my favorite shots when she's like, she's driving and you see one car coming mm-hmm. and it hits another car and it rolls into this gas station and explodes. It's such a cool shot. That's the shit that gets me mad about Zack Snyder, Trey, because I he does so many cool things in that movie. I just wish he would do more stuff like that. Yeah, I think say. the issue yeah. is because, yeah. you know, we you talked about that same scene when we talked yeah. about DCEU and Snyderverse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I watched, I haven't seen the whole movie, but I watched that scene because I edited yeah. it into the enhanced version. And it's, yeah. you're right, it's amazing. What yeah. I've come to realize is you've got those directors who can fix a bad script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zack Snyder's not that. Not that. Not He's, that. Yeah. He is great at, at connecting to the story mm-hmm. and understanding what the beats are supposed to be. And he can get everybody on board. Because I heard him. I, I did this research when we were doing one of the Snyderverse conversations that we had. And he was giving, he was doing some kind of watch along on like Vero or something to Batman mm-hmm. versus Superman. And when they got to the famous Martha scene, the way Save he explained Martha. it, the, the way he explained it, I was like, oh, there was this like enlightened moment. And that's, I'm sure, what Ben Affleck and and Henry yeah. Cavill and everybody were buying into. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't quite in the script, it didn't fully connect on the screen. Right. But 
like like his like he's great at coming up with the idea for the story right you just need someone who's great at writing the script he has a couple of good ideas for stories yeah for sure right and he's got he's a good visionary when it like Mm -hmm. like visually i think um, i think sucker punch had some really cool visuals that story mm -hmm. just didn't make sense yeah Right, but yeah. it's it still it still had really cool visuals in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was the name of his zombie in Vegas movie? Army of the Army Dead. Army of the Dead. That's another it, one that, where it's like, oh, it has some cool sequences. It looks. It did. Some it, stuff it looks did, good. Some stuff. It did like good. one really cool kill where I didn't see it coming, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh shit! And so like it 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 does have the the ability to do things like that. But yeah, I was I was very disappointed. I was yeah, his, again okay. the idea. Because of like the father daughter stuff and a lot of the other stuff that was going on, it's very good. He was co screenwriter on that, and it's like, no, Zach, don't tell someone what your story is and let Z- James Gunn write it or something, yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and then you go direct, and then it's going to be amazing if you do yeah. it that way. Yeah, that was my top five. Did, did you get through all the years? Bro? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't technically mention one of them because I know you guys. Are oh, okay, yeah. it, so I'll. So I will say that my that my list is fluid. Not, yeah, mine too. Mine too. Obviously, mm-hmm. because new stuff can come out, but even just like on rewatches, I could see Midsommar taking over what I'll say is fifth, Hereditary. I put yeah. Hereditary in my top five. And the thing is, when we saw Midsommar, I remember Justina and our friend Lisa, friend of the podcast, Lisa Betancourt, I think they were like, I like Hereditary more. And I was like, I kind of think Midsommar is the better movie. But, in, but recently... Thinking about Hereditary, I was like, I just appreciate that kind of horror movie more. Like when I think of the style of horror movie, it's the creepy stuff that I was talking about. And that's what Hereditary is. So that's mm-hmm. why it's in my top five. But upon rewatching, it could be it, it could be the supernatural versus you know? the natural world, you know? Right. Like, yeah. 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 So, and I could see that if you're more of a supernatural mood that you would go for Hereditary versus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. So that's that's my fifth. The, this is maybe the one that. This is this is the reason why I said Rob's Dawn of the Dead, both of them is not a cheat because I said let the right one in slash let me in because mm-hmm. I think both are great. Both I are agree. Great. I agree. There's great things mm-hmm. in both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. I yeah. was like, oh, Hollywood trying to remake this foreign classic. I don't know. And the movie starts and I'm like, you know who would rock the shit out of the, the girl role, <laughs> like the, the little girl role. Is Chloe Grace Moretz because she's such a great actress, and then I looked a little closer. I was like, "Wait, that is Chloe Grace Moretz. She's gonna write." You knew who she was already. She does. Yeah, had, she had done uh, yeah. Kickass. She had oh, done okay. Kickass. Yeah, she had done yeah. Kickass, and maybe even maybe even Thirty Rock. No, I don't think she'd done Thirty Rock yet. But I don't remember. When she'd she already made a name, a little of a name for herself. I was like, she, she's great. She's and they did a great actress. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and they also added that detective character. And Elias, right? Elias Coates, or who, is who is Coates? phenomenal? Coates or Coates? Coates, yeah, yeah. You know who I really I like him way the her guardian is Richard Jenkins and and mm. the and then this one and like Richard I do. Jenkins is great. Yeah. I, you could put Richard Jenkins in anything and I'm gonna like it. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite actors and like he's so good and like I think it's just because maybe it's because of English versus I think it's Swedish. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's like because like yeah, like just like the way he talks to her and like you could tell like he was the kid before you know, years ago. Like mm-hmm. and so like oh, he's yeah. lived his whole life loving her and like he can't never make her happy. And like mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's really yeah. 
that's a yeah. that's a good pick. That's really, a really good pick. A, a great yeah. cast too. You know, like so many great people in that cast just in general, and love that movie. Love mm-hmm. both versions of it. Yeah. And next, I will say these top three pretty close, fairly close. I love The Exorcist. I think that's. I just. I love that. I know that it's doesn't necessarily hold up to way the way some movies. Uh, horror movies are now but i just always really appreciated how creepy that movie was Mm -hmm. psycho as we talked about earlier just a classic at one point i may have said it was my favorite horror movie just because Mm -hmm. of how i was kind of like giving it its due credit it's kind of like when Mm -hmm. you say like oh well sean connery is the best bond but like i I see you coming from there yeah Mm -hmm. but at the same time i you know halloween's my favorite because it became synonymous to me with yeah the fall season and what a horror movie to me should be like it's my favorite, favorite thing yeah it's just everything is the setting is so great and it's the... just like yeah like i think you know like where i see like leaves blowing and like i drive through lots of like small like haddonfield type towns yeah and I'm just like this shit. Is, this could be Haddonfield. Like, well, when that was like these, yeah. when we went to Vermont. And Vermont as a state feels like just a small town as a state. Like a really, yeah. like well, like everyone's yeah. doing well. But like it had the charm of that town. And like everywhere we went, we were like, are we in a horror movie? <laughs> of course. Trey just changed his background. His background. To Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know, just it's. I just love that movie. I have to yeah. see it. I've been trying to get. And it, it was on. It was on my top five. I I, I wanted to let you guys talk because I know yes, much, I, figured, yeah, I know how much. I figured. Yeah. So I know that's also Trey's. Sorry to steal your thunder there in that Trey. But what are your yeah, top five? So I will say I I had to do my list quickly because I've been doing client stuff. So there are a couple that on a more thought out list could easily fall out or or mm-hmm. or go in others some other order but the other thing i noticed listening to you all is i watch so much tv whether it's Mm. streaming or traditional tv that i am not up on a lot of the current horror movies Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. so i haven't seen you know some of the stuff that you all are mentioning like midsommar and stuff like that even though i've i've heard you all talk about it before heard red letter Mm -hmm. media talk about it but those yeah. are Ari Aster in particular, just does a lot of great stuff. So I need to catch up on a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. I haven't even seen the thing yet, but I, I've seen Red Letter Media talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's just listening yeah. to them when they did their John Carpenter rewatch <laughs> or review. Dude, so like th- that sounds amazing. So I just need to catch up on it's stuff. So but good. <laughs> yeah. But as far as my list, number five, I had a nightmare on Elm Street. I could have oh, easily yeah. put that there. Yep. The- yeah, yeah. that's frightening. That was the, the TV series or the bullet, bullet missile, missile rocket. rocket. Uh, number four for me is The Exorcist for the reasons yeah. Jason stated. It's just a great movie. My number three is probably the one that's the shakiest, even though I have it at number three. I have it as high as I do because of classics, and it is a cheat. And it's not even like a remake versus current, it's just two universal movies that i tied together and that's frankenstein and dracula and oh, oh okay. i thought you gonna say bride of frankenstein okay yeah i mean bride of that whole i guess all of them you could almost mm-hmm, group together mm-hmm. maybe even yeah. wolfman but uh, you know th- they were still they were executed well so even though current stuff even stuff 40 years ago maybe make them look tame they're still just great classic movies that i don't see often enough i need to rewatch them at some point 
I, I and then I, I yeah, that makes me I mean, think of restaurants. And then there was what was the Willem Dafoe movie where it was based on the making of Nosferatu or something like that. Oh, was I that, know that what you're talking about. Was that a Werner Herzog movie? Probably. No, I totally know what you're talking about, but I don't know if I saw that one. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But I have literally the same top two oh, Jason God. did. So it's not just the same top one as the top two. Psycho, <laughs> just because, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing storytelling. You could almost not consider it a horror movie because it's not really executed like horror. It's more suspense thriller but the the killing uh, that that norman bates aspect of it i think is why i will put it in the horror genre mm -hmm. and then of course halloween is just mm -hmm. it's the template that everybody else tries to follow john carpenter didn't even know he was creating a template yeah and then everybody else follows it <laughs> all the way down to the final girl and the rules that they created for it mm -hmm. was just trying to create scares yeah <laughs> That's yeah. why I think it's better than the, those other slasher movies, because he was just making a movie. Mm -hmm. Now, he was trying to make scares because it was, I think the way he came up with the idea was it was babysitters, stalker or something like that, or the two words he put down. And, and they just made a movie out of that, just mm -hmm. brainstorming and having the two words. So it's amazing how well it was done, but they were really putting thought into the story and how it's creepy and how it's scary and and I think part of what makes the first one better than all the rest, and, and two, you can kind of sneak into this mm -hmm. logic, mm -hmm. is that it could happen in real life. It really yeah. could. Even Michael not being there at the end, it's unlikely to take mm -hmm. six mm -hmm. shots and fall off a balcony and but get hey, up and walk away. But can we really shot. trust Dr. Loomis's aim? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you know. When, it, when it got into the supernatural stuff in the sequels and even the most recent sequels, the reboot sequels, mm -hmm. it's like, come on. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> well, that's um, the thing. I don't like the origin story sort of stuff for horror characters. I, I'm just like... I don't... I don't like like well, yeah I, I thought the 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 origin story in Halloween is perfect yeah right. yeah you don't right. need more than that you right and that's exactly what because what it's John so Carpenter shocking said. Yeah. yeah like you don't just, need more than that he's just evil that's it he's just that's evil all you he need killed his sister at a young and like I hate like I hate the idea of Laurie being his sister and that's what I don't like about some mm. of the sequels like it's just better that he just wanted to kill these people like it's just evil right. like right. I agree. I will say, I think that Lori being his sister made sense to me because she seemed to be his main target and everybody right. else he, he killed her up to that for some reason. was yeah. just in the yeah. way. But I, I agree. It's just I more mean, frightening it, that he just picked her. Yeah. yeah and it's, and I yeah. think, I think the interpretation that Carpenter probably had when making part one, because they didn't plan on a sequel. Yeah, is that Lori was the one who walked into his house when Michael was there, and so oh, that's, yeah, that's probably the real reason why he targeted her. Yeah, but yeah, and that's <laughs> that's in my house. <laughs> my house. What's she doing in there? Give me that, that William Shatner mask. Yeah, <laughs> that. But everything after that, like the in the Paul Rudd sequel where they had the Sam Hain cult as like the yeah. explanation yeah. for all of that, and then even in, um, I will say. Before I saw the Rob Zombie movie, which I found to be horrible, I literally was the only one. Jason I walked tried out to watch the whole thing, whole thing like but I he can't. walked out. Our dad walked out. 
I, the only reason I stayed through watching the whole thing was because that DVD was the Christmas yeah. gift for my mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But otherwise I wouldn't yeah, have yeah. been able to I've, sit through I've, it. I've, I've done that when my parents used to like, they would go to like Blockbuster and you could get like five VHSs and then there used to be five DVDs for like X amount of dollars and they would buy that. So I'd watch the movies and be like, this was terrible. Thank you. I will say that was obviously the right gift because obviously Halloween's my favorite horror movie. It's just yeah. we didn't know until watching it that it right. was good. It was like, I, oh, I why do all the not, characters have the same I, I hated I mm-hmm. hated all of the young Mike Myers things. I hated his family, especially yeah. his right. stepfather. It's just terrible. I, I hated it. I there hated was something it. about when Rob Zombie was on Jimmy Kimmel promoting it before it came out. Something about his explanation made me say, Oh. This is really interesting to kind of see where Michael came from and blah blah blah, and then I actually saw it and it was yeah. just it is I, way I, scarier that he was a kid from mm-hmm. a normal suburban family. Suburban family. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense why he's evil, but he just is. Because yeah. that's what that, like yeah. there's this weird thing in horror movies that's like the opposite of the Deuces Machina where they make it the like this demon this there's like this supernatural reason for why this person then, started then, acting this way and it's like uh that's that's as bad as the ghost in the machine explanation yeah like it's it's way better that this just doesn't make sense he's just evil yeah. he's just evil and like it's just that's yeah. actually realistic that, and that's mm-hmm. realistic and but it's also frightening like, yeah. yeah and the fact that michael yeah. just snapped that one night like he yeah. must have been what appeared to be a normal kid before that moment because it shocked it. the hell out of everybody because they would have they would have mm-hmm. It would have been different the way she watched her brother, you know. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. to make him like killing animals and stuff like that before he snapped, it's like why weren't they trying yeah. to get some help for Michael before? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually sadly kind of realistic too. But, it is. Um, no, but it, it is. Like, it doesn't no, work it in is. a movie. But I it agree, doesn't work. But. but it doesn't. It doesn't help. It doesn't create that mystique of Michael. right. But right. I also think they ramped it up too much. Like the way it happens in real life. Yeah. In part because it's your child, so you don't want to see your child that way. But it's also yeah. it's not like the amount of animal killing that right. Mike that I remember Michael doing in that mm-hmm. movie. Right. Where it's more like, what's wrong? Why did you do this, son? And they made it's... him like he like they made him like I, I think the part that I really hated in that one was when he kills Danny Trejo. And Danny Trejo was like the only person that was like really nice to him at the mental institution. I don't even remember that part. I put he was like when he's killing him, he's like, I was good to you. I was good to you. It was like, this isn't earned. This isn't an earned kill. Like, and I like Rob, like, I like Rob Zombie a lot as a person. Like, I mean, because I've seen him in concert, it's a lot of fun. Like, he seems like a cool, nice, he seems like a cool dude. I like listening to him talk about things. I appreciate his love of that kind of culture. I just I I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. it at all. I actually have never really liked any. I like you know any of his movies. I just really haven't. Not even know, a bunch. part of me. A part of me is curious about his part two, but not enough it's, to have it's ever worse. even I tried watched to see it. The, it's worse. Yeah. It's oh worse. yeah. Because then it goes like this whole like like his mother's like this white because he has to get Sherry in every movie. Like he you know like she's like this ghost type of. Th- it's it's really weird. It's it's How did she die in the first movie or did she not did she die in the first movie? Pretty no, he killed her. No, she's dead. She's dead. He sees her like as a like on a white horse or something like I remember like her like she like, like looks Obi-Wan angelic. Kenobi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, we want Kenobi in a riding a white horse. Well, he's not in a white horse. I just mean like coming to her, coming, coming. Yeah, she to comes them, to him yeah. as a force ghost. She's straight up. <laughs> she's got the blue outline. 
Use the butcher knife. <laughs> Use the butcher knife, Mike. The Willem Dafoe movie. Shadow of the Vampire. The Shadow of the Vampire, yeah. Yeah, look, yeah. it was not Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone had a spooky good time. I did. <laughs> is this the only time? I think it is. The only time that two of us had the same bit for the beginning, for the intro? I don't think so. I feel like... It seems like that had to have happened. I feel like we've probably had similar takes for the intro, and you probably beaten to me every time. <laughs> I will I say the the, the I don't reason... know why you got I don't know why you get to be best man just because you're his brother. Or whatever. <laughs> the funny thing is, I came up with that the other day because I figured Rob was going to bring back up that the Ghostbusters theme is the best <laughs> Halloween song, and why would you pick? this other thing and so i was you going to use that hey, as like a rebuttal i did not say that ghostbusters was the best i just said it was better than the halloween theme song that's all i said and, and thriller didn't you say <laughs> no. it's also better than thriller no i said thriller was oh. number 1 i just said oh, that okay. it's obvious i i assumed obvious one and two was go was thriller than ghostbusters oh, okay. but not to the far bros <laughs> okay. well today I today that. today i performed thriller and my son was dressed up. He's going as a Ghostbuster this year, which is awesome. And um, and he was he was busting some ghosts while I was playing the song. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to Trey and, and Jason just to say, uh, listen to the crowd sing it. They love it. You know what they're not going to sing? Do 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 do. Why would they sing that? See that number of reasons. Actually, I probably it doesn't make Halloween not the scarier one though. Or the more iconic. Whatever. We're but see, I, I misremembered. I thought that you also said it was better than no, Thriller, so that no, was why I no. had the Thriller bit. No, as Thriller's like, a like the best Halloween. No, it's no, it's like the best Halloween song. Bye the funny bye. thing is, I forgot that I planned to do that bit until you sent that video. Yeah, of you playing the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I've got to do that. <laughs> I was planning on doing Vincent Price anyway. So, well, all I have to say is, Bustin makes me feel good. Thanks for being on the podcast, Phyllis. <laughs> Coming to you May 4th. Oh! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I swallowed a bug. Why? Why is there so many bugs in the studio? <laughs> Had to do it. Had to do it. Had to be done. (laughs) Happy Halloween. I hope you enjoyed that. And why don't you share with us your favorite scary movies? You can do so on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. And subscribe on our YouTube channel at There It Is. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. Also subscribe to our Comedy Lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. We have a new Fest blog coming out tomorrow. Be on the lookout for that. Go to thereitispod.com for a newsletter, best blog, and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 